Welcome to Mercy Unwrapped. I'm your host, Christine Franklin from CatholicGrandma.com. Today, I'll be speaking with Dr. Ian Murphy. Ian says that his journey took him from doubts about God's existence to being a Baptist preacher, then home into the church. Having gone from agnostic to Baptist to Catholic, he calls his story the ABCs of conversion. A college professor by trade, Ian has witnessed our merciful Lord in action. Ian, welcome to Mercy Unwrapped. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me so much. Thanks for this opportunity today. Oh, you're very welcome. We're looking forward to it. I've got a little quote here from Pope Francis. He writes that mercy is the bridge that connects God and man, opening our hearts to the hope of being loved forever despite our sinfulness. I'm really looking forward to hearing your story of God's mercy. And and I'm looking forward to sharing it. I feel like I had the rare privilege of watching the love of our Most High God in action in a way that I, I just wish everyone could hear what, what he did in the hearts of the students I was teaching. Uh, my own conversion story, of course, is filled with mercy. Obviously, somebody was praying for me with how stubborn I was. And I, uh, I invite the listeners to, to check it out. It is available on my website, dr, like Dr. I-A-N-M-U-R-P-H-Y, like Dr. Ian Murphy.com. And that's, and a, t- that's a video, there. right? That's a, a TV interview? Uh, there's, there's two clips. One is an interview on EWTN with mm-hmm. Marcus Scrodi's uh-huh. Journey Home Program. Mm-hmm. And the other is my conversion story given at the Defending the Faith Conference held at the Franciscan University of Steubenville, okay. Ohio. Great. So if they want to hear the ABC story, they can go there and get the full, the full scoop. Exactly. But you've got another story to tell us. Yes, when uh, I, I got to watch a flood of conversions, and it was indeed all through the power of mercy. Uh, I heard mercy defined once by Father James Keenan as entering into the chaos of others. Hmm. And that really hit me because that's how God met me. He, he did not meet me where I should be. He certainly didn't meet me where I ought to be. I wasn't there. He met me where I was Mm -hmm. unconditionally in my mess. Mm -hmm. And he allowed an experience that showed me the power of mercy and that that's how I can be Christ to others is by entering into their chaos. It happened when I was teaching at a college in Philadelphia and I was teaching all these Catholic theology courses, super excited about it only to find out that I had hardly any Catholic students. And not only were most of my students non-Christians, they were actively, many of them, were actively hostile against the church. Hmm. And it was a frustrating job, and I wondered many times why God brought me there. I was uh, taking attendance for my Christology class, uh, The Meaning of Christ, and a student raises her hand, and it, I'm not even through attendance yet, and she announces, I am an atheist. And I'm an atheist, Dr. Murphy, because I'm intelligent. Wow. Catholics. <laughs> so so this, is, this is a friendly start to my new job that up until that point I had been excited about starting. Mm-hmm. And then another student just picks up right on that that negative energy she had communicated and, and said, I'm a fallen away Catholic. 
And another student chimed in, I am too. I fell away from the church a couple of years ago because I wanted to keep an open mind. Then a fourth student in the same class says, I don't consider myself a particularly religious person, but I do believe that I am very spiritual. <laughs> and, and I wondered, how do you spell that? S-P-U-R-C-H-A-L. Spiritual. It sounded like a good name for a pet goldfish and hardly a way to start a meaning of Christ class uh, that I had four months with this group. I had a student chime in and say, uh, you know, what about a woman's right to choose? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, which woman are you talking about? You know, are you talking about the mother or the daughter? Because it doesn't sound like the daughter has much choice in this matter. Mm -hmm. And the student responds, ooh, good point. But I still believe what I believe. Yeah. One day, uh, Zara, our atheist, who, who claimed to be atheist because she's intelligent, unlike myself, raised her hand at the start of class and said, uh, why are you Catholics polytheists? Why do you believe in more than one God? And I said, well, we don't. It's, uh, we, we believe in a Trinitarian monotheism. There is only one God. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it makes no sense to me. It just sounds more stupid. Hmm. Wow. And, and, this, and so is at, I, this is at a Catholic college? Exactly. Wow. So hence my surprise yeah. that this is what I'm facing every day. I, I may have expected it at a more secular university like the one I had moved from. But, mm-hmm. you know, this was, in, in fact, worse. <laughs> I said I, wasn't, I didn't see it coming. And so I answered her calmly and I said, well, it makes sense that the Trinity doesn't make sense. If this is really the almighty revealing himself to us it had better blow my mind like if who god is fit neatly in my mind that would indicate he was just the invention of a human mind mm-hmm. no if this is truly my heavenly father showing me himself it had better not fit in my in my limited understanding and she responds oh that's really good you're good at this but i'm still an atheist mm-hmm. And and as these encounters persisted, I kept winning the debates. You know, I, I I was able to get the students to the point where they admitted I won the debate. But the end of the conversation was always the same. But I still believe what I believe. I think that's a good that's a that's a really good point because sometimes people think if I just had the right arguments, I could convince someone else to become a Catholic. Uh huh. And it's not true. <laughs> exactly. And, and then I, I was reminded of, of Christ himself saying, you know, even if a man were to come back from the dead, mm-hmm. they still wouldn't believe. Yeah. Or as uh, Paul says, it is with the heart that one believes. And so I, I w- walked into my Meaning of Christ class and found out that one of my students' families was actually considering having a late-term abortion. Uh, you mean eight someone months. in somebody in the family? Right, of, uh-huh. of uh, one of the students, mm-hmm. and she brought it up to me. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, this was no longer a hypothetical debate in the classroom. If I don't figure out a way to get through to these students, you know, somebody's going to die, mm-hmm. and I just don't know how to do it. And so I prayed and I prayed, and I got back in touch with Mercy. And 
I, I said, you know, maybe I'm overcomplicating this. It, it's not me who persuades. That's what the Lord does. I just throw seeds. He brings the increase. He makes it grow. He persuades the heart. He's the potter. And I just get to be in the garden with daddy. And it's an undeserved honor to get to watch him do what he does and, and share a piece of it with me. But I certainly don't save any souls. So I, I let go of results. And I changed my question from, did I get any results today with these students? Mm -hmm. To the question, were they loved? Were they shown mercy? I, uh, another Pope Francis quote, he said recently in a radio address to the youth of Pompeii, how I wish that our way of communicating, as well as our service as pastors of the church, may never suggest a prideful and triumphant superiority mm -hmm. over an enemy, or demean those whom the world considers lost and easily discarded. Mercy can help mitigate life's troubles and offer warmth to those who have known only the coldness of judgment. Wow. So did you, from that, did you come up with a strategy or a plan? Yes. I, I know this, this might sound like an epiphany, but I started praying for my students. Okay. I can imagine that. And I started loving them. I started meeting them in their chaos. I was helping them with their other assignments. Uh, we started showing up early to class so that we could all catch up on our lives. You know, I was joining them for lunch and seeing what was going on in their other classes and how I may be able to help. They were going through real human stuff, mm -hmm. breakups, deaths in their family. And each one of those individuals, even if they're not yet aware of it, I don't know where they are with God. I mean, I came out of agnosticism and, and he was with me in that, sure. guiding me into his church. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they might be. That's just, I don't have the book of life. My job's simple go wash their feet. And each student was a precious, irreplaceably, unrepeatable child of the Most High God. Each one was a unique child of the author of all creation, and they had that inviolable dignity. And they had the image of God in there, and he died for their sins, even if they don't acknowledge that yet. It doesn't change the fact of how much he loves them and what he did for them, and that he... He wants me there to show them his love so that so that he can go get some more of his kidnapped babies back. Yeah. People are not the enemy, as Ephesians 6 points out, that they're just not the enemy. They're they're kidnapped and they're beloved by their creator more than they could ever know. Mm -hmm. And I remember they started bringing coffee because, hey, Dr. M likes coffee. And I started, you know, I, I was still fielding their questions. I still had to, you know, follow the mandatum and, be, and, and present authentic Catholic teaching. But the tone was different. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember saying to the atheist Zara, I, I said, uh, I know you don't believe in Jesus, but I do. And I believe that you were made in his image and you just showed me to, you just showed him to me. <laughs> and you brought me closer to God. That that really helped me. What you just said, that insight you said right there, that really helped improve my relationship with God. 
And she responded, she said, I have never in my life helped somebody to that extent in that way. And you could see the mercy acting on them. You could see something happening because, again, I wasn't worried about results. I, I just wanted to make sure they were loved because the image and likeness of God is in there. Yeah. The, the natural law is in there. God's law is in there, written on their hearts. Mm -hmm. The divine summons to flourish in life to the fullest as God's beloved as his daughters and sons, his friends, his his temple, his bride. That call is there. So you your strategy became not really a strategy. You accepted them exactly where they were, and you chose to see Jesus in those kids. Exactly. Instead of seeing them as your enemy. <laughs> okay, right. I've got to go into class and face the enemy. You, right. the, Lord, the Lord really did a work in you. I, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. He did a work in you mm -hmm. so that y yes. your, eyes, your eyesight changed. And yes. when your eyesight changed, then your, the mercy God had given to you, you began to be able to pass on to them. I mean, we all need our eyes checked from time to time, mm -hmm. you know, and that's really beautiful. So, so you began to change how you saw them and you began to see the Lord in them. And right. I think that's, you know, that's sort of an astonishing thought to normal, less normal people, but that, you know, that's kind of like mother Teresa. She talked like that, you know, so talk a little bit more about what happened. You know, back to uh, to Pope Francis, uh, just building on what you were saying so beautifully there. Uh, he says in that same radio program I referred to earlier, he says, harsh and moralistic words and actions risk further alienating those whom we wish to lead to conversion mm -hmm. and freedom, yeah. reinforcing their sense of rejection and defensiveness. Sure. Boy, is he that says, ever true? <laughs> yes. And I, and I saw how my debates with them, even when I won the intellectual or, or doctrinal debates, mm -hmm. they would just stand all the more adamantly in their present perception of the mm -hmm. world. Uh -huh. The truth is ultimately Christ himself, as the Pope says, whose gentle mercy is the yardstick mm -hmm. for measuring the way people proclaim the truth and condemn injustice. Which takes us straight back to our first pope when, when the apostle Peter said, whenever you're evangelizing, do so with gentleness and respect. And, and I watched that letting go and that surrender and that mercy and that service and that love act on them. And one day, Zara announces to the class, she raises her hand and she says, you know, I have something to say. I've converted Wow. And my jaw's on the floor. She says in front of everybody, I was a real jerk up front. And I was shown kindness for my injury. And that's not like this world. And I started to look inward. Hmm. I started to look into my conscience and the call to God was there. There was no denying it. Hmm. And Dr. Murphy... I'm praying for you. Wow. Uh, then another student says, it's funny you say that. I'm not a fallen away Catholic anymore. I went back into the church just last week 
and went to confession and I'm back in full communion with the church again. I had the same experience. The other fallen away Catholics said, I don't believe this. I also re-entered the church and I'm now working for campus ministry. And they had kept all this from you. Yes. And, and the, yeah. the one was an, uh, an agnostic and mm -hmm. she chimed in with this story about asking Jesus into her heart because the words of Augustine helped her see that she was asleep and needed to wake up. Mm. And I, I ended up being the, the RCIA, RCIA sponsor for one of the uh, former atheists. Wow. Like it was, it was this, it, in the end, uh, all eight students in my Meaning of Christ class had some level of Christian conversion. And I'll never forget after a very long three hours, three very difficult and challenging hours on a conference call with a Muslim family, that beautiful family risked their lives to say this to me. They said, Dr. Murphy, we have encountered God in you in a way that we have not encountered him in the nation of Islam. And we are not going through with this abortion. Wow. And it would it like it it spread like wildfire. I I wouldn't mind closing with a, a letter that uh that Zara wrote to me. Um the former atheist who was one of the biggest thorns in my side. I couldn't stand this student at first, <laughs> to be quite honest. I and see now why. she's this uh, unstoppable force for, for evangelizing the good news. She said, uh, she, she wrote to me, my whole life I have struggled with religion. Before this course, I was a woman of doubt. I cast doubt on all religion. Growing up, I never understood my parents' fascination with displaying their faith around our home. But now I understand completely. This course has taught me how wrong I was in my understanding. My perspective on life changed when I learned that Christ understands our struggles and wants us to turn to him when we feel the burdens of challenge. I used to wish I could rewind time, take back words that I said hurting people who I cared about, take back wasted opportunities. It's easy to move forward pretending like nothing happened, but to realize your own faults and grow that is a challenge, and that is precisely why forgiveness is so crucial. I wanted to be free from the guilt of bad choices. God loves me and wants me to be happy. God created me with the intention of living a beautiful life. I needed to face God with a repentant heart and say, I'm sorry. And Jesus Christ forgives my sins. I do not think there is any greater comfort in life than that feeling. You can be hopeful on this journey of life because the Heavenly Father is so amazing. <laughs> That's lovely. You must have been so changed yourself from this yes. experience. 
I feel We've like got, I was the one who converted. Yeah, the, you're the one who got a, a, low, a truckload of mercy too. We've got about five minutes left, Ian. Talk to me about your own changes from this experience. How did it change you as a professional? How did it change you as a man? Because I, I know, you know, you, you influence them, you know, by the grace of God. But that's a two-way thing. So mm -hmm. I would really like to hear about how you were influenced by their return of mercy back to you. Oh, how beautiful. That That is precisely what took place. And it did change everything. For one, uh, work as a professor is a far more peaceful experience. Um, I am currently teaching uh, two graduate courses in psychology, and I may be teaching world religions again um, starting next fall, and I'm not afraid anymore, mm. and and I'm I'm peaceful about it because again I don't know where each individual is at, and I know God's love for each one is perfect and eternal, and that He loves them more than I ever could and is pursuing them. He's after them, and it helps me let go of the burden of feeling like evangelization is about results. Mm -hmm. It's I wrote my dissertation at Duquesne University on the new Catholic evangelization, but it's almost like even after writing hundreds of pages on that topic, I didn't get it until <laughs> these students converted me where all the popes who have been uh, advancing this mission called the New Evangelization, they've said consistently that if we want to effectively present Christ externally, the answer is ironically a turn inward. I have to convert. Hmm. I have to take a knee. And I have to increase my intimacy with, with the Lord. And wherever I'm putting up that stop sign to him saying, no, that's far enough. This ground is still mine. Mm -hmm. And I hear him answer, but that is precisely where the kingdom of God advances, is in the territory of your heart. Mm -hmm. not, not invisible thrones and the capital cities of the kingdom of this world. But I want that territory. I'm after hearts. I want you to rent your heart not your garments. Mm -hmm. I want it real. And I want you. I love you like that. And when I pull that stop sign back and I surrender more of my heart than I had yet given over to him, and I watch this, it's always the best news. Like, why would I have ever held back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it takes the anxiety out of it. It's far more peaceful. And that love drove away all kinds of fear. And, and carrying around this unnecessary burden as though the results depended on me mm -hmm. when they never did. Yeah. Well, talk to somebody for a couple of minutes who's afraid to go back to confession. There is nothing for you to fear. It is the best thing you could possibly do. It's like being spiritually cleansed or having all the, the 
toxins in your soul flushed out of your system to become lighter and happier and far freer than before. There's nothing to be afraid of. That is a place of mercy. It is God who forgives your sins, but in the beauty of that sacrament, you get a human face saying you are forgiven in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, for you to get that love with skin on it, to really <laughs> experience what it's like to have a human being look at you and say, it's gone. Yeah. Watch as God will take all your sins and throw them into the sea of forgetfulness mm -hmm. and put up a sign on the beach that says no fishing. <laughs> no fishing allowed. I love that. And I love, um, I love this story because it is as we receive mercy, as we have received mercy, we are to also show it. And I think sometimes it's easy to take say okay I'll take this mercy but that isn't mm -hmm. what God's asking that's not we're not complete we haven't completed it until we have also shown mercy to others and mm -hmm. um, you've given a really good example a really concrete example of a way that you had to change in order to show mercy to young people who are frankly not very merciful towards you certainly not towards your faith and so we, you know, God doesn't show us mercy because we deserve it. He shows us mercy because he loves us. And mm -hmm. so we are asked to turn around and do the very same thing to show mercy to not to just to those who like us, not to invite those to dinner who will invite <laughs> us back, but to have mercy on those who are not showing us mercy at all. And I really, I really appreciate this word and this great example of what we're all we are all called to do in the new evangelization thank you very much dr ian murphy for joining us today on uh, mercy unwrapped god bless you chris i really appreciate the chance to share this testimony of his mercy thank you Th thank you if you want to hear more episodes of mercy unwrapped subscribe at itunes stitcher or soundcloud spread the word be a mercy missionary with us Mercy Unwrapped is produced by Efrain Ramos. Find him at fiverr.com forward slash Efrain Ramos. I'm Christine Franklin, and I will pray for you. If you have any kind of need, drop me a note at my website, catholicgrandma.com. Until next time, God bless you, and don't forget, Jesus is very near.